Welcome to the Positive Vibe Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Bonick. I got a very special guest for you this week, PV Nation, one of my dear friends and one of my biggest inspirations. Her name is Mason Morris. Mason was born with spina bifida. She's one of the most amazing people I've ever met, so positive all the time, and I consider her an angel. You're now listening to episode three with Mason Morris. Mason, you want to say what up to PV Nation? What's up, PV Nation? Hey, so take me back to day one, you know, tell me about, you know, life growing up, you know, how was that? I know you're, you're from Quincy, Florida, you know, about 20 miles outside of Tallahassee, you know, take me through those early days for you. Um, I was, I mean, I was born in Tallahassee, but lived in, in Quincy, the hospitals in Tallahassee, um, small, everything, small town, small school, small church. I was related to pretty much every member of my church. Uh, my mother coached and taught and was athletic director at school I went to. Um, I lived the majority of my life in what I call teacherville. I could see seven teachers houses from my home, like from my front yard. Um, yeah, I, everything was just, uh, it was just a small community. Everyone knows everyone, everyone knows your ancestors, you know? (laughs) Um, so yeah, just everyone, knows everyone everyone's related it seems um so so yeah it it was just a very close-knit um sometimes too close close-knit um people people in your business sometimes um but you know that just comes with the territory it had it had its good things and bad things about it i uh i've had 50 surgeries in my 36 years wow Mm -hmm. um I have, and that showed the good part of being from a small community because I could depend on that community to help me, help my parents, help, you know, take care. I have a younger sister, a sister who's four years younger than me, um, to help look after her if I was in the hospital and my parents had to be there with me. So, um, so with everything, it it has its good and its bad points. For sure. That small town vibe, no doubt. (laughs) For sure. So you were born with spina bifida, you know, take, yes. take us through that, you know, as far as just inform PV nation, you know, what that is. Uh, so spina bifida basically, uh, just means I was born with uh, a spine that did not fully form or fully close. Um, in when I was, you know, in my mom's stomach. Uh, so I had an opening at the base of my spine. Um, and they, obviously they had to close that up the minute I was born. And, um, there's three different levels of it. I actually had to do a project on this in in college. Uh, and I have what I call the best case scenario of the worst kind, Mm -hmm. because you could be, uh, you could be paralyzed. Uh, and I was never paralyzed. I, there were things I couldn't feel. So there was like numbness from, like below the kneecap down, basically what was removed in 2017, you know, and some muscle weakness, uh, things of that nature. But that's really the only way it affected me. I was, I feel like I was the most able-bodied disabled person I've ever met. Tell us us what that, like, what that means to you. Uh, I was very, am very, not was, I am very, independent, mm-hmm. uh, super independent, if you will, probably too much. I am too much. I am too much, too independent for sure. Uh, 
especially since living on my own uh, since 2011. But uh, yeah, I for some, I mean, I was in, I am in a wheelchair, and I could still go and do a lot of things, go places, do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really know too much anyway that I was limited until I was an adult and had my legs amputated, lower legs amputated six years ago. I, I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Take us back to the, the beginning when, you know, I know we talked earlier um, and you said it was around first grade that you transitioned from mm-hmm. the walker to the wheelchair. You know, I know yes. you don't, it was, you were very young, but you know, take us through the, you know, the early parts of a wheelchair, what the difficulties were, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I mean, learning to use one, I, I see people now that are in wheelchairs because they have like an injury, you know, and mm-hmm. so they're in a wheelchair for six weeks or, or something and, and watching them maneuver the chair kind of makes me cackle a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, Cause I, I just want to go, that's not how you do that. <laughs> you know, that, like, that's not how, if you wheeled like this, you would move further. Um, because one of, one of the things that I would teach someone is to put your hands as far back on the wheel as you can. Mm-hmm. And so when you wheel, you go further and you don't have to just keep touching the wheel okay. nonstop, you know? Um, so learning to do that, learning to pop a wheelie, which I <laughs> do really well. Uh, I learned in high school that I can hold uh, on two wheels, hold this chair on two wheels for, I think my personal best was a little over an hour. Oh, oh my gosh. That's unreal. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, pro- honestly, probably just maneuvering in, in the chair and learning wreck a go not go do not do that sort of thing um which that could also be you could also say that about the walker too you know what i mean it was it was it's different limitations basically is the only difference it's just different limitations okay for sure um do you remember when you know you kind of felt that things were a little different for you um compared to the other kids um i don't remember feeling that as a kid too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, at least I don't think. Um, you know, we, we would go on field trips, obviously, in school, and there were certain things I couldn't do that they could, certain places I could go that they couldn't go. Like, I, you know, I've been to Washington, D.C., which is an old city, uh, and so there were places that they could go that I couldn't. Um, that sort of thing uh, was certainly noticeable as a kid. Uh, but yeah, I, as a kid, I did not notice it as much as I notice it now as an adult. Mm-hmm. And can you just take us through that? Like, what are, what are the biggest things you you notice as an adult? Because I just want to tell PB Nation, and we'll get into this for for sure. But you're a huge advocate for you know those with disabilities and accessibility um, for those with disabilities, and I love yes. that. And you're doing big things. Uh, but let you know, take us back to you know, kind of that as an adult, you know, that feeling. So I, as I think I mentioned this uh, a few minutes ago, I did not know just how disabled I was and just how difficult that was uh, and is until I had my legs removed at you know, in 2017. I don't know what it was about that because it didn't change a whole lot. You know, I'm still in the chair. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. it, it didn't change a whole lot of, of my abilities. It changed my mobility a little bit, but I don't know. I just, I 
I started looking at Tallahassee at Leon County so differently. Uh, and, and as I said, I've, I've been living on my own in Tallahassee for 12 years, but something about these last six years, I'm looking around and going, wow, I couldn't tell any of my friends that I've met that use a mobility aid to move here in good conscience mm -hmm. because their, mm -hmm. their rights and them being able to flourish would kind of plummet. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, it's the city of seven Hills. It we, Tallahassee's at the foot of the Appalachian trail. I learned that as an adult and that's why it's so hilly. Uh, so it's just, and it's an old, old, old city. And, um, you know, and so I, like I said, I've been working with, uh, different local, uh, government officials to just bring awareness, bring change to the city so that I can so that there can be a community here mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. people. There's a great community for uh, children with developmental disabilities. I've seen that, uh, but there needs to be that same community for adults with physical disabilities and children with physical disabilities uh, so that they can flourish and, and know that they can succeed here and not feel limited. Yeah. I love that. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and just, the perspective, you know, hearing you say that, you know, I couldn't imagine um, just that feeling of like that almost in a sense hopelessness when you don't have you can't go and do the things that, you know, everyone else can do. And that's just it's not fair. You know what I mean? Get a get a job. I, I've there's been two times at state buildings that I didn't get the job. You get me to a to the to the uh, interview. I'm getting the job. <laughs> I use this mouth to talk a lot. <laughs> I can talk my way out of the paper sack. <laughs> so you get me to the job interview, I'm going to get the job. I've had a job interview stop. And I won't mention where it's a state agency. It stopped when we started talking about parking and accessibility because I would have to go across the street that's going down a hill into a parking garage to park. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I couldn't access the building. Wow. So it's, you know, it's a struggle. For sure. <laughs> it, it really is. And College Town, too, which is very brand new um, in the grand scheme of years, uh, it's very brand new. It needs work. Mm -hmm. It needs a lot of work. Um, parking and sidewalks and things of that nature, it's difficult. Yeah, that's that's wild. I mean, that's just not right. Um, take us not to be and I'm in the capital city for crying out loud. Yeah, I know. Right. But hey, that, that also brings, you know, access to the mayor. Let's kind of talk about that relationship. It sounds like, um, you know, that sounds like he's all in on making changes. You know, tell us about how that's been. He, mayor Daly's a great fella. I, uh, got some bravery about me, if you will. Um, cause I do have some social anxiety. Uh, but I got some bravery about me and back in February, there's a, uh, a brand new, giant park opened across town. It's 30 miles actually from my house. Uh, and I decided to just get up and go to the opening of this park because I saw on Facebook that he would be there. And I said, this is my opportunity. This is my opportunity to talk to someone in this city that can help me make change. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I got out of my car. I, and this park is huge. I scoured that park mm -hmm. trying mm -hmm. to find him. And I finally found him. And uh, I just wheeled up to him and I said, hi, my name's Mason. I'm, 
you know, I'm just, I live here and I'm just here to check out the accessibility of the park. And uh, he said, well, how are we doing? And I said, you need my help. <laughs> and um, we've just, he's just a great guy. I, if I wasn't from here and just randomly met him, I wouldn't know he's the mayor. Mm-hmm. He's a regular guy that happens to be the mayor of the city of Tallahassee. So, um, yes, we've met several times, talked on the phone, that sort of thing. And, um, we've got, we've got some, some plans. <laughs> yeah. So just give us a little insight so. on, you know, what are your goals for, from that relationship and what can ultimately change? I want to build, uh, a completely accessible dog park. Cause as you know, I, I have a nine year old dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would love to see that happen. Uh, because they're on the side of town that I live on, there's just we don't really have parks. Um, so I would love to see some handicap accessible parks because you have to think about functionality. Uh, functionality kind of goes out the window. They think, oh, if I've got a ramp here, if I've got a sidewalk here, uh, then it's accessible, and they want to get that um, accessibility. They want to get that ADA uh, compliant certificate so that they can open their business. Mm. You can't just stick a sidewalk somewhere, a parking spot, a ramp, and call it accessible if I can't get from one to the other, yeah. you know? And so I, I would love to, and I spoke to him, uh, I guess it's been a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month. Um, we had lunch together, and I would love to have a consulting firm uh, that would, you know, have these businesses uh, parks and, and whatnot, um, we ha- the, the consulting firm would have to approve of what they have done to make something accessible. Mm, I because like I that. feel like I feel like there's just no one that is saying no. This is not functional. This is not working. Mm-hmm. It's obvious. And, I, and I'm talking about the new stuff. I'm talking about stuff that's you know newer. That's a, that's been built. That's the part that's kind of like a little crazy to me baffling for sure yeah it's like you'd you'd think that the newer things they would make those accommodations and to think that that's just not right i went um somewhere for dinner uh for my birthday this year brand new restaurant and the ramp so normally what you want to have is a ramp and then like a level spot before you get to the door so that i can sit there open the door and go in right Mm -hmm. This had this little, one little cinder block looking thing for the ramp. And as soon as you get to the top of the ramp, the door's right there. So I physically, if my parents hadn't been with me, I wouldn't have been able to eat there. Wow. By myself. I could, and it's, the food is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Best, best meal I think I've had in the city, but I can't go there by myself. Wow. I hope people listening right now, you know, just... That's perspective right there. You know, things that we take for granted on every single day. Um, go to lunch. Go yeah, to dinner. Right. That's <laughs> you just, know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's not right. Um, and I I, lo- I mean, I come from a, a, a woman who loves to go to the movies, go to dinner by herself, you know, just like have time. You know, I, I love my dog more than anything in the world, but I want to have time away where there's no barking. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it's hard to do that when you are limited. Mm hmm. Just anywhere I turn, I'm limited. Yeah, that's uh, we're gonna things are gonna change one day, no doubt. You're gonna make something big happen. I already know, Mason. I I, I heard a quote, and I'm sorry that I can't remember who the quote's by, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's something along the lines of 
you know the true meaning of life when you build trees that you'll never feel the shade of. Mm. Wow. And I know 1000%. I may never be able to sit under the shade of the trees I hope to build. Wow, that's real. Because change takes time, but it's not about me. I had to take myself out of it. I want the little kids of the future, the adults of the future to not have the worries I've had. Mm. Truly. Yeah. That's what it's about. That's awesome. That's I'm I'm telling you right now, you're you're doing it right now. You're doing it for sure. Um so we met in twenty sixteen and to go to bring it a little bit, it's like I started the positive eye movement and we became connected pretty much off the bat and didn't meet and right and right after you started. Yeah, because like, I started in P- like December of twenty fifteen and we met in spring of twenty sixteen. P V was a baby. Yeah, for sure. Um I remember I went to the FSU game to see my buddy John Sansone and I remember Sony. I remember being over um by that the first baseline. I remember it like mm-hmm. it was yesterday. And yep. then I saw you and it was like, oh my gosh, it was like a long lost sister. It was just that bond. You know, we talked about it earlier. You know, we've like only- we've been texting and talking before right. we met in person. And, um, and cause I remember you texted me, you're like, I'm going to be at the baseball game. And I'm like, well, of course me too. <laughs> and, uh, just from just talking to you, you were family. Right. For sure. That's how you were I family felt. before I laid eyes on you. <laughs> That's how I felt too. Um, but like we talked about FSU, you know, tell, if anyone listening out there, Mason is a diehard FSU super fan. And tell us yeah. why that is, how you became, you know, how you fell in love with Florida State. I have a garnet and gold necklace on right now. So <laughs> go Nils. Um, So my brother, my oldest brother, Jeremy, he was, uh, he got a scholarship to actually play football at Florida State. And then um, got a national championship ring in 93 and didn't have to do anything to earn it but be on the team uh-huh. um <laughs> that's so funny ex- except for shave his head and it's not a good look the whole team <laughs> shaved their head that year wow <laughs> i got the picture to prove it <laughs> um it's, it's great um it's on google actually um and uh then he walked on to the baseball team uh the following spring and the rest as they say is history he went into the hall of fame at fsu in 2000 and 14 i think 14 wow that's um, awesome. 14 or 15 and um yeah so uh he's a left fielder from 94 to 97 he broke the ncaa doubles record in 97 and i believe held that record until a kid from i want to say texas tech mm-hmm. or tennessee christian one of those small schools broke it in 2011 um yeah so um and played with jd drew right next to him on the field and was his roommate and uh one of his best buds um so yeah uh just fantastic years i know that they were his years his college years but it made my childhood um his teammates became like brothers to me uh one of the biggest crushes of my life uh, was the third baseman uh, from his years of Florida State, <laughs> Jose Zabala. Love you, Kuro. Um, most entertaining human I've ever known. <clears throat> and one of the pitchers, Jonathan Johnson. He was my first childhood crush there. But uh, just, it's a huge family is what it is. It's mm-hmm. it's a, a family. The, the 
boys, their wives, their children, their parents, their siblings. It, it's a big family still. And it's been next year will be 30 years since his freshman year. Wow. So it's only right so that yes. we met at Florida State then. Honestly, and because we both know Sony, because exactly. Sony is one of my favorite humans, his family. I wanted him to go play ball and I wanted to keep his family in Tallahassee. I, one of my favorite, favorite baseball families I've ever met. Yeah. He's, he's um, the best. I, to say a little best. thing about uh, John, um, I remember when that next year after I was done playing or it was two years after I was done playing, I was like, maybe I'll get into coaching or something like that. So I was going and to do like the manager kind of stuff. Obviously mm-hmm. it wasn't for me. It didn't work out. I was not about that right. life, but when I met, like, I remember before, like he took a picture of like the uh, tag above my locker and he was like, mm-hmm. let's go. He was so pumped. And it just meant everything to me because I was like, you know, he was best player on the team showing love like that. It felt, you know, it meant everything. And I just want to real quick highlight what he's doing now with his baseball Academy. Uh, he's yes. killing it. Um, he's, he's in Newcastle PA. Um, mm-hmm. that's like right outside of Pittsburgh kind of vibe, but he just got married, just got married. And, you know, his, he's just, he just turned 30 last week or a couple of days ago. That's, that's crazy. nuts. That's crazy. I texted him. I said, are you 30 today? He said, yes, unfortunately. <laughs> um, it's just crazy how fast time flies. But when I was in the hospital talking about Sony, when I was in rehab, cause I was in rehab for a week after the hospital stay, I got this big box in the mail at, in my rehab room. And I opened it up and I didn't even look. I'm horrible. I'm 36 years old and I don't look to see who things are from till I, you know, till after I open the box. Uh, I love presents. Um, and so I opened the box and it was a bag of, I think it was Reese's. I'm a Reese's fiend all day. I think it was Reese's. It was either Reese's or Kit Kats. Uh, a gift card. I forget where the gift card was too, but it was some store and a note, the nicest note. And I joke you not, and I still have it. One of his practice jerseys, Wow. his gold practice Jersey. Um, he said his dad was like a little upset that he was trying to get, you know, give one of his practice, <laughs> but he, when he told him that it was coming to me, he was fine. Um, and I wore it once and it didn't fit. Um, <laughs> And so I, what I did was my, um, I gave a bunch of shirts, some PV shirts as well to my mom to clean out my drawers because between PV shirts and FSU shirts, uh, it just stays full. So I got rid of some to, for my mom to have a, uh, t-shirt blanket made. And, um, I texted him. I said, is it okay if I have your, the 12 off of your practice jersey put on this quilt he said yes that's fine so it's going on this quilt but um one of the most meaningful gifts from one of the most meaning i met him as a freshman i don't meet many freshmen Mm -hmm. and i met little i met little sony (laughs) and um he's just been my guy from day one and his family's been wonderful anytime postseason would roll around big john would say I don't know what's going to happen, but listen to Mason. She knows what she's going to talk. She knows what she's talking about. Whatever, whatever she says is going to happen. That's what's going to happen. And um, I always was grateful that his dad respected me as a woman that knew her stuff in the world of sports. That's awesome. But, yeah. So anyway, I love, I love this. I love this, the Sansones, the Sonys. I love them. Shout out, you know, uh, nothing but love for uh, John hundred um, percent. All right, Mason, let's kind of transition to 2017. 
you know, that was arguably one of the one of the toughest years of your life. You know, take us weirdest through, year, weirdest year of my life. Take us through um, 2017. So in March, well, it's probably before then because you have to like register and do all the things. I decided in early March or yeah, early 2017 that I was going to be in the Miss Wheelchair Florida pageant. Me, the biggest tomboy in the world, was going to put on a pageant dress. <laughs> what in the world? Um, I didn't know what I was doing. I had never had the desire to be in a pageant, but I just thought I want to be around people and women like myself. I want to make connections. I want to learn. Didn't, you know, didn't have any expectations other than to meet folks. Uh, it was in Tampa. And um, so it was held in April uh, for the first weekend in April. And um, I didn't win the actual pageant. I did win most popular. Obvi. Obvi. <laughs> no one's surprised by that. It's met me. Um, and it was a great experience to meet and connect with a lot of people, a lot of resources, uh, and, and just to spend three days amongst a community that I fit into. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when I left, I remember telling my mom, I feel like I'm leaving heaven. Wow. I feel like I'm forced to leave heaven. Uh, and, and by heaven, I just mean to, I'm just not surrounded by a community of physically disabled people in Tallahassee. And I was there mm-hmm. and it was just so nice to hang out with a bunch of girls that are like me or women like me and talk and laugh and get to know each other, exchange information. That was great. It was, it was an exhausting weekend. Ooh, my poor sister. She was my, you have to bring a chaperone if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess because we're physically disabled, you know, if we get hurt, whatever. So she was my chaperone (laughs) and um, she also is a makeup artist and did my makeup, did my hair, the whole thing. I bought her a bottle of wine after that weekend she deserved it um and uh so it was a, a really fun exhausting weekend um and then about four months later i got sick i um so infection usually goes from the outside of your body to from yeah from the outside to the inside like you have a scratch or you know something that gets infected well my infection started from the inside of my body and it made its way out and it was due to no circulation um, in my legs. And so I didn't know I was sick till the point of no return. Wow. wow. Had no idea till it, till the damage was done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that happened in four months time. <laughs> um, 30, 30 was a wild year. <laughs> um, and so I went into the hospital uh, at the end of October and I'm thankful, got to give a shout out to Dr. Andrew Borum, Andy Borum, and his fabulous former nurse uh, and my longtime friend, Robbie. Um, I was able to text her and call her and say, when can I, I need to get in. I need to see him. I need, like, I'm, I won't be here. I, I need to mm-hmm. see this man. Because if I had called, you know, just the regular reception, she'd have just, she was trying to 
plug man for December, January of the next year. I wouldn't have been here. Wow. <laughs> I wouldn't. So um, I'm very thankful for the staff at TOC. My aunt Shelby works there. Again, community. Um, thankful for Tallahassee Orthopedic Clinic uh, and Andy Borman, and his staff, for just, I mean, Joel, um, Thorell, uh, Brent. Ken, I mean, there's just so many. Brandon um, and the nursing staff at TMH on the orthopedic floor. They are my friends six years later. I, I just had lunch with one of them. Mm-hmm. Just saw one of them mm-hmm. random. Like they are still my friends to this day. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of nurses, met a lot of nurses. I've been in the hospital a lot. Us best nursing staff on the planet. Wow. Um, they are, they were my survival. Um, they, <laughs> they called my room, the club because they were just like, kind of come in hide out and chill out because I didn't, I didn't need much from them. I was just, you know, there to recuperate. Um, so we would, they would come in there, eat, I'd, I'd give them all the sweets that people kept sending me sweets, Matt, so many sweets to a lady that had lost her legs. Go figure. Um, I would just send all my stuff to the nursing station. Um, but they would hold me when I was crying, climb in the bed with me, just the most phenomenal women. And one, one guy, um, I've ever met. Yeah, that's, I'm glad that you had that support system for sure. Um, can you, I know this is, you know, obviously painful, but it's inspiring to hear, you know, your story. Um, do you remember like just the feelings when they first told you that you were going to need the legs amputated? It's funny how blurry it is and yet so clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, cause that day was, that was a day. Um, I remember Dr. B coming in. At, well, first I remember Brent coming in. One of the, uh, I don't even know what to call it. He was just my friend, but um, one of the, I guess, uh, assistants coming in and seeing my leg after they had unwrapped it mm-hmm. and him just shaking his head. And I knew before I went there, like there was no, my legs were black. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew there was no saving it. I just needed him to tell me that. And so when he shook his head and I'm like, I know. So he came in and he's like, oof, you know, and he told me, well, we can try. I've been on a wound vac before. It's, it's a, like a vacuum that helps close a wound and heal a wound really fast. I've been on one of those before. He's like, we can try the wound vac, but I just, and I just, I just shook my head. I said, I need to lose. I need to lose. And and at first it was just my right leg. I went in for just my right leg. And I said, it's got to go, huh? And he said, yeah. And I'm not even sure if I cried that day. No, not that day. I don't think I cried in in the room. I waited till I got home and I called my sister. My parents didn't know any of this, by the way. Talk about hyper-independence. Um... Mm -hmm and mixed with mental health issues. Um, so I called my sister who lived very close to me at that time, like five seconds from my apartment. And I also quit my job that day because I knew, I knew it was about to happen. Mm-hmm. So it was, a, it was a day. That was a day. Um, it was August 2nd, I believe of 2017. And I sat in my car. It was pouring rain, pouring rain. And I started crying. 
I could hardly get the words out. And next thing I know, my sister's at my house and we're just both crying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it still hadn't even hit me. I mean, honestly, how can something that insane hit you, you know, right. um, right. in one moment? But, uh, and my sister, pfft, that's one thing that'll get me to cry in this uh, podcast recording. You're good. <laughs> She's the only person that, that I would talk to, cry around about all of this. Not my parents, not anybody, just her. Like, I would wait till everybody else would leave the room, the hospital room, and I would just lose it. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs a sister like her. Oh, that's awesome that you have her. <laughs> and we are not those, like, mushy sisters. They're like, oh, you're my best friend. Like, we're, we make fun of those types of siblings, <laughs> usually the, the girl ones anyway. Um, but she's the best. Like, she's she's four years younger than me, but she's had to be the older one. Most of our lives. So, mm-hmm. anyway, next topic, because I got to stop. <laughs> no, I, um, I appreciate you opening up. I know it's not easy. I appreciate you opening up like that. Um, you know, so obviously 2017 led to some mental health struggles for you. You know, depression, anxiety, PTSD. Um, I will say that, like, seeing you now, I feel like you've come so far from, from yes. then. You know what I mean? And I want to highlight that, how far you've come So, from I will say this. This is something I, did, I didn't... Uh, preface in our conversation before we got started I was diagnosed with depression as a teen a young teen Mm -hmm. that's actually a side effect and I learned this in college it's a side effect of spine bifida Um, so I've dealt with mental health issues my whole life Um, essentially um, to different things I mean yes just my brain a little bit of bullying growing up um you know, just life, life in general. But, um, yeah, I would say my hyper independence mixed with mental health issues mixed with, I didn't have any boundaries with people of like any, I didn't even know you needed boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a, the cocktail for disaster for me. That's where it started. I, I, I've always referred to my heart as a seven 11, just open all night. <laughs> If you need me at two in the morning and I barely know you, let's talk. Right. You know, I just, I didn't, I didn't reserve those moments for people like, you you know, people in my circle, Mm -hmm. people that I call, you know, my friends that are my family or just my family. It was anybody. And it was because I wanted to belong. I just wanted, you know, I just wanted to fit it, not belong, but fit in. Mm -hmm. Um, And I learned through a, a podcast I was watching or listening to rather there's a difference between fitting in and belonging. Belonging means you don't have to change anything about who you are. Uh, fitting in mm-hmm. means you've got to morph something about you in order to fit into that space. Wow. It's like trying to put a circle into a square peg. Uh-huh. Doesn't work. And so, um, yeah, so it, it was just a, a challenge. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, boundaries are your friends, guys. Um, boundaries are great. <laughs> yeah, speak on that a little bit. What adjustments you made? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I will say I would never ask for a worldwide pandemic. A national, you know, I would never, I would never want 
COVID to happen again. That being said, because I, I lost people. I loved COVID. I lost family members to COVID. COVID did me a solid. It gave me the isolation and the time. The world stopped. Mm-hmm. You know, the world wasn't asking anything of me. So it gave me the time and the space, solitude, to really get to know this version of me. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. I cannot be who I was six years ago, nor should I'm just not that person. Mm-hmm. I don't have that brain anymore. Right. I don't have that soul anymore. So it gave me the opportunity to get to know myself. It gave me the opportunity to really dive deep and find out what in the world is the problem or the problems. And so much of the problems stem from people and the fact that I had no boundaries with people and the fact that I was trying to fit in where I never in this life would fit in. Um, and I was just trying to be somebody that I'm, people, you know, people are like, Oh, everybody gravitates towards you. You know, you've got so many friends. I know a lot of people. When some people, when people tell me I have a lot of friends, I'm friendly with a lot of folks, mm-hmm. but I just know a lot of people. Mm. I've got very few people that I call friends, like the real deal that right. deserve that right. title. Um, and I'm grateful for the ones that I have. Um, but yes, I took time to heal some really deep, long-term wounds, um, emotional wounds, emotional trauma. And just move in a way where I, you know, like the Bible verse, I think it's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, you know, guard your heart. No, I don't think that's right. Anyway, the, the um, Bible verse, it talks about guarding your heart because everything you do flows from it. Right. Whatever verse that is, I'm in chapter that is. I did not do that mm-hmm. <laughs> until 2020 rolled around. I didn't start doing that. Um. So, yeah, I started to guard my heart. I started to build boundaries. I started saying, no, y'all, no is a complete sentence. Mm-hmm. You can stop it. No. Right. You don't have to explain jack squat mm-hmm. to anybody. No is a complete sentence. You don't have to attend every party you're invited to. And that means literal party. And that also means arguments. Mm-hmm. You don't have to attend everything you're invited to. You. You don't have to go somewhere you're invited to if, if it's not good for you. Yeah. You don't have to be around yeah. people that are not good for you. Say no. Don't go. Stay home if you need. Do whatever you got to do, man, mm-hmm. to preserve your soul and your energy and do what you have to do. Do what's good for you. Do what's good for you first. Yeah, sometimes I think that's so important, you know, to, to put yourself first. You know what I mean? I think a lot of times you know, we don't, we don't do that enough. You know what I mean? And I think in the space, the mental health space, you know what I mean? That's so important to put yourself first and take care of your, what, you know, take care of yourself. Yes. So Mason, I, I want to say, you know, I really appreciate you opening up. I know some of that was, you know, hard to talk about, but (laughs) I know this episode is super inspiring and it's going to help a lot of people for sure. Uh, I have three. It was therapy. It was, this is therapy for me, Matt. Hell yeah. That's awesome. This is (laughs) therapy. (laughs) That's the, that's the point. You know what I mean? I want like, it's just a conversation, you know what I mean? But I'm, I'm listening and I'm, I want you to open up and, and share. And, um, you know, we all have a story and I think if the more we share those stories, like the better this world's going to be, you know what I mean? And all of our conversations are like this. Yeah, for um, sure. 
you know, and I know I tell you, I mean, we text each other and I think we've been in more contact this year than any year in our friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also thinking about that last night. Um, I was like, man, we've spoken and texted and talked and all of that this year, more than any other year, I think, since, you know, we connected. And um, obviously you and I have only seen each other face to face a couple times. And we're not those friends that keep in like con- constant contact because we don't need to. Mm-hmm. But I, and I'm saying this to your face so that everybody knows the person behind this podcast, you're the most reliable person. (laughs) You're the most kind person. You've sent me, I've gotten more unexpected packages from you (laughs) um, with PV gear in them and the nicest note. Um, And yes, I probably spent more money on gear I could probably pay a mortgage um, <laughs> <laughs> um, for the money I'll spend on PV gear over the years, and I'm going to keep doing it. Um, but you guys, the person behind this brand, this podcast, is the best soul I've ever met. He is so kind. He works his butt off. He cares about people. He's so creative, and he's just a good human being. And I'm so glad that he is my brother friend. Um, anyway, I just want to say that to you. And so that everybody knows the kind of person that you are. Cause I don't, I don't lie about folks. <laughs> I appreciate that. You're literally making me tear up a little bit there. Mason. Jeez, what are you doing? <laughs> doing my job, doing the job. <laughs> All right. So I want to end with three questions. I, I have three okay. questions for you. And I really think that your um, input on these is going to be big time for anyone listening right now. So number one, what would you tell someone with a disability who's struggling right now? Who um, find your voice, uh, find your your cause, find find something, find a cause that's worthwhile that helps people like you. Because it's, at the end of the day, it's not going to be about you and a change that you live to see. Uh, but do what you can to change the problems that you deal with for future generations Mm -hmm. Um, and do not try to be a square fitting into a circle peg or vice whatever. Don't try to fit into places that you would never in this life belong. Uh, Yeah. Don't try to fit in, be yourself and where you belong will naturally find you. Mm, I love that. All right. Number two. Um, what, what's the most misunderstood or like stigma, you know, about people with disabilities that you feel? There's so many, Matt, <laughs> um, that we are pitiful, that we need help with everything. Um, as I told you, uh, the word inspiration drives me crazy, mm-hmm. um, because it's overused. People use it in such empty ways. Um, we are people. We are not causes. Um, we are not uh, s- someone to make you look good for doing it. We're not a good deed. Uh-huh. We're humans. That's We are human beings that deserve rights just as much as anybody. We deserve opportunities just as much as anybody. Uh-huh. We are human beings that deserve to succeed and to do and access to whatever we want to do and wherever we want to go. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
All right, Mason, we're going to wrap this up. You absolutely killed it. So I would think you're a podcast vet. I wouldn't think this is, you know, a couple times doing this. Um, but I every every episode, I end with one question. You know, what is one piece of advice you would want to give to PV Nation? And you've given tons of advice in this whole episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, let's, let's hear it. What do you got? Do, uh, this may be a few statements, but um, look out for yourself. Because at the end of the day, at the end of your life, you'll be the person in the casket or the urn or whatever. Do you have to be good with yourself when you lay your head on a pillow at night? Mm -hmm. Do what is best for you and be helpful to people. Be a good friend to people. There's... Don't be afraid to be in the muck with people. Don't be afraid to be in the heavy stuff with people. That's what I have found has been a struggle um, is, is when the tough stuff happens, people get scared um, for no reason. So be, be a good friend to people. Be there for people through the yucky stuff. Um, and just be yourself, your full self, your most authentic self. Bring who you are to every op every opportunity, every table you sit at, and the right people will just kind of naturally go into your path, I, I believe, because once I started to own that I was disabled and not try to be, you know, not try to act like I was able-bodied or whatever, mm -hmm. these opportunities, talking to the mayor, talking to different representatives uh, for Florida, just sort of naturally started to happen. Um, and, and so, you know, once, once I wasn't afraid of who I am and once I wasn't afraid of the, the issues that I face and I just started talking about them, these opportunities started to just sort of naturally happen. Mm. Wow. There you go. Well, PV nation, first off, Mason, I want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank you for sharing your story. You know, you made me, Let's tear, do it again. You made me tear up. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. One, I told you one day when this podcast is huge, we will bring you on and we'll have it in video. And it'll be epic. And uh, you are huge. I just don't think you own it yet. Oh hell yeah! I appreciate that for sure. Um, PB Nation, I hope you enjoyed this episode. You know, Mason, as you can tell, you know, like I said, she's an angel. You know, just the kind of person. Depending on who you ask. <laughs> the kind of the kind of person she is, and just the the mindset she brings every day, and just the friend she is. You know, I'll forever be grateful for that. So, Mason, thank you for joining the show. Love you, bud. Love you too. Uh, PB Nation, uh, if you want to support the movement, you could head on over to the positive vibe movement.com. Uh, we just dropped the fall classic collection. Uh, it's pretty dope. You know, it's getting a great response, you know, so I, uh, I'd appreciate any support. You know, like I said, that's the positive vibe movement.com. And, you know, if you could, you know, give some ratings to the podcast, throw a couple five stars up there, subscribe, you know, I'd appreciate the love. Uh, PB Nation, have a great week.